And I'm Crispin. In this podcast, we will be listening to the Adventures in Odyssey radio show that has been put out by Focus on the Family for the past 30 years. If you grew up evangelical like us, there's a good chance you've heard an episode or two. We'll be on the lookout for themes and messages in the show that coincide with, and sometimes depart from, God's vision for his kingdom in the world. As Walter Brueggemann says in his book, The Prophetic Imagination, The task of prophetic ministry is to nurture, nourish, and evoke a consciousness and perception alternative to the consciousness and perception of the dominant culture around us. Thanks for listening with us. Oh, hi there! I'm just working on one of my podcasts. My name is D.L. Mayfield, but you can call me Danielle. <laughs> and we're talking about Adventures in Odyssey. All right, so this episode we chose Isaac the Chivalrous. Um, which was first aired in 1992. And just as a recap to the episode, basically Isaac starts off in the imagination station. Now, we need to uh, explain what the imagination station is. So it's a virtual reality um, device that kids go into, and basically it's a, a device within the show so that kids can... can uh, uh, experience Bible stories, um, adventures, that sorts of things. A lot of American history gets thrown in there. Um, so, but particularly this time, Isaac, uh, is one of the young characters in the show, gets into the imagination station and goes to the 12th century to learn about chivalry. Everything clear so far? Yeah. Okay. One thing they mentioned in this episode was that the imagination station, is it in the Bible room? Yes. What's that all about? So it's in the Bible room, which is in Wit's End. Wit's End is a Discovery Emporium slash ice cream shop run by Mr. Whitaker. Okay. And uh, it functions uh, to teach kids about the Bible, amongst other things. So there's a Bible room, uh, and the Imagination Station is there. Is in there. Um, throughout the decades... I don't know if there's anything else that has been mentioned being in the Bible room other than the Imagination Station. Okay, so as an outsider to Odysseyland, I still think it's so weird that it's like an ice cream shop, but only for Christian kids. And then you can go downstairs into the Bible room and do virtual reality. Well, it's not just for Christian kids. I mean, this is, you know, an evangelical. So all the kids can come and learn about the Bible. Oh, right. I'm sure they there's they're just lining up for that. Right. <laughs> so Isaac uh, goes to the 12th century, comes back, um, and Mr. Whitaker says, "You know, this is a new program. What do you think of it?" And he said, "Well, it was pretty short." That was it. It's over already. And then soon thereafter, the knight from the adventure steps out of the imagination station. One more thing I definitely do is spend more time with Sir William. Then turn, Squire Isaac, for here I stand. Sir William, it's you! 
And so uh, the rest of the episode is Isaac and this knight walking around town, and they're trying to figure out how to get him back to the 12th century, but essentially it's a a reverse uh, time travel episode. Or like a fish out of water, maybe. Right, yes. Yeah. So. so the knight is called Sir William, and he's... Sir William, Earl of Marshall. Okay, right. <laughs> so Sir William's whole thing is about chivalry. Am I saying that word right? Yes. Okay, and I guess that's what this entire episode is about. It's called Isaac the Chivalrous. And, um, yeah, why don't we just go ahead and talk about it. Yeah. I I just wanted to say, listening to it, um, I was really struck by how confusing the whole episode was. And I was really unclear of what the point was supposed to be. Because Sir William kind of barges into, you know, 1992... America and is really horrified by some things and seems to be quite taken with other things. Like, he keeps calling the Imagination Station um, witchery. What manner of witchery is this? Which I thought was kind of funny because they don't explain how it exists at all. So it kind of is witchery in a way. Yeah. One of the things that really stood out to me was he meets Eugene very early on. And Eugene works at this, um, at Wit's End, the... uh, ice cream shop discovery emporium bible place but he's actually an atheist um and he is a huge nerd oh that's why he loves science so much because he's right. an atheist yes okay right and so he talks about going to university and sir william uh says oh you must be a holy man then and eugene laughs at this idea that that uh the university and church would be connected my my what an antiquated notion and that to me stood out and i wasn't sure in the episode, if they were making a statement about the secularization of the university in America in the latter half of the 20th century, or if it was just reflective of the 12th century. But either way, it was a very interesting um, thing that they brought up. So they're not just looking at like uh, new technology and that sort of time travel, but definitely looking at the Christian view from the 12th century towards education and towards uh, life um, what civil life uh, compared to current day. That really stood out to me. Yeah, what's funny is both of us actually did go to Bible college, right? So we did get our studies in part that was supported by the church. And I assume that many people that listen to Adventures in Odyssey are the same way. And so Eugene making a big point of like church and state are separate, you know, all education is separate. You know, I'm not sure if that was... A dig at Christians, although Wit does come on and tell William that that's how it is now. Right, yeah. So there's this like uh, juxtaposition of the church running everything to religious freedom in America now, which actually is really interesting because 1992 was right kind of in the middle of the moral majority movement. Um, so that really stood out to me in some sense that they didn't seem to be making a judgment that there is education apart from the church. And maybe that in some senses that government and church being different um, and Christians not holding as much political power maybe was a good thing. Yeah, I definitely didn't get super big overtones of like regret that things have changed, which is good since I don't think it was great that the church controlled all forms of power um right yeah way back when so yeah but then they kind of 
I think a little bit later on, so William says something like, oh, there's really great things that come from this modern age, like ice cream. I forget the other things he talks about, but he just says he longs for a simpler time. And Isaac says, oh, you're just like wit then. And that really stood out to me. Um, I think something that conservative Christians or evangelicals in general, I would say, I should say white evangelicals, there has been this longing for a simpler time, which, you know, I think we can trace some of those themes straight up to Donald Trump and his Make America Great Again, which always begs the question, you know, who were those times simpler for? Mm-hmm. When was America ever great for everybody? It wasn't. You know, it was great if you're a white man. And that was kind of the same thing in the simpler times. It was simpler to be in power, maybe. I don't know. Right. Yeah. Well, the, and there's this, I mean, Sir William is really big into uh, the church holding a lot of power in a sense, uh, like cultural power. So being the majority, being uh, kind of supreme in the land. Um, and of course, we know that whiteness and uh, white evangelicalism gets mixed up a lot as well. So it kind of seems to be um, pointing that direction, maybe unintentionally, uh, maybe subconsciously. But um, it is really interesting that Sir William continually brings up this, um, you know, that that the church uh, was, there was reverence for the church and there's reverence for the Bible. So there definitely is this like longing for this, you know, idea of back when America um, you know, everybody read the Bible and everybody was a Christian. We are a Christian nation, etc. Well, and I thought it was actually kind of sad. He was making this point saying, you know, way, it's so great that everybody can read the Bible now that it's not just in Latin and it's for everybody. And he was saying, you know, in the time frame he was from, many knights couldn't even read and yet they would die to defend the Holy Scriptures. In my age, only the clergy and those versed in Latin read the Bible. In, in fact... Many brave knights cannot read at all, and yet they would each, to a man, defend the word to the death. And he was saying that like it was a great thing, and I just thought, that's so sad. Um, You know, they were just being used by the people in power. They couldn't even read it, and they were dying, and they were killing other people, you know, based off of what somebody else had told them was in the scriptures, which actually comes back to play in a minor way in this episode. So we kind of think we're trucking along in this very particular theme of, um, you know, Sir William talking about the good old days and then... Honor. Honor, chivalry. The chivalrous knight defends the church, protects the poor from injury, pours out his blood for his brothers, and if need be, lays down his life. In his throat are the high praises of God. In his hands... A two-edged sword to meet punishment to the nations. Um, but then, Kristen, maybe you can recap what happens next with Rodney Rathbone, which is the stupidest name I've ever heard. <laughs> Rodney Rathbone life. is the uh, town bully. And so he comes up, and uh, Sir William and Isaac are coming out of the church, and Rodney calls him a wimp for going to church. Wimpy Isaac. I do not understand this word, wimpy. You know... Weak, cowardly. Then the word is not accurate when describing Isaac, for he is neither. Yeah? Then why is he coming out of a church? Which is so stupid. I actually should let you know here that this episode was very important to me because I was bullied as a kid. And because of We're adventures... Going to church? 
Well, because of Adventures in Odyssey. Oh my gosh, I take back what I said. Because of Adventures in Odyssey, I was able to like come up with that reason. I think that it was for other reasons. (laughs) But I didn't know very many Christians at my school. Oh my god. And so, like, you know, Isaac getting beat up for being a Christian or being, you know, made fun of for being a Christian, like, really, I think this episode in a lot of ways, uh, just really strengthened my identity as a Christian and that being part of my uh, persecution. And like I said, I I think that I was bullied for other reasons. Um, I cried a lot. I liked to sing all the time. Um, So basically you were awesome. Yes, right. And so um, I remember that just really uh, standing out to me. But so, yeah, what happens is basically then Sir William threatens to kill him for speaking ill of people that go to church. I mean, everybody knows that church is for weaklings and cowards. Villain! Poltroon! Hey, you can get in trouble for pulling a knife that big. It's not a knife, Rodney. It's a sword. Um, and so uh, then Isaac says, you can't do that. Ra- Rodney's only 15 years old. So then Sir William says, well, then Isaac's going to fight him. So then they decide to fight. Um, and then they meet up, and they... Uh, and Isaac says, you know what? I'm not going to fight you. Uh, you can say whatever you want. You can tell people that you beat up this kid that didn't do anything to stop you. Not going to fight you, Rodney. Not going to. Look, Isaac, if you think this little non-violence act is going to save you from getting a pound, and you're wrong. Well, you go ahead and do what you think you have to, Rodney. Then tomorrow you can tell everyone how you bravely licked someone who did absolutely nothing to stop you. You're crazy, Isaac. You know that... I mean, certifiable. Which is interesting. It really is a, a not, my. It was my first introduction to nonviolent tactics. So mm. the idea of like, yeah, you you can attack me, but how is that going to look if you beat up someone that doesn't even fight back? So I thought that was really interesting in terms of a tactic. And this episode in particular really stood out to me because um, what happens afterward is, is Isaac explains to Sir William, he says, the Bible and God, they don't need anyone to defend them. And actually to, to do violence against someone would be against the teachings of Jesus. Squire Isaac, why did you not fight? Do you not love the church and the holy scriptures? Yes, sir, I do. And it was because of the holy scriptures that I couldn't fight. Sir William, Jesus said to turn the other cheek and to love our enemies and pray for them. Rodney's words can never hurt the church or the Bible, and it's not up to me to punish him for saying them. It's really interesting in the sense that Sir William is so about defending the Christian identity, and then Isaac contrasts that with uh, the behavior of what it actually means to follow Jesus. Well, and I was really struck by, I think Sir William him would say, you know, he takes the scriptures very seriously, right? The way he responds to all the taxes, he takes it very seriously. And yet Isaac who is determined to not inflict violence upon Radney, he is taking the scripture seriously. It may not be very chivalrous, but it's something more important. It's Christian. And I think that's something in our own lives we've had to kind of, it's just been an interesting shift being raised in one tradition where we take the scripture very seriously. And now, I mean, it sounds really cliche, but just trying to follow what Jesus says like he actually meant it, it's kind of put us in hot water with a lot of people who say that they defend the scriptures and take them very seriously. So, you know, pacifism for not, for instance, nonviolence, right. um, honoring, 
I mean, people who are material poor, people who are sick and sad and oppressed, standing with people on the margins. That is not what cultural Christians in America are known for. Right. And it's it feels hard sometimes, but we really are trying to take scripture seriously, I think. Mm-hmm. But that's yeah. what they say, too. So right. there we go. It's like a Sir William Isaac thing. And we're we're Isaac, maybe. I don't know. Right. Well, it's really interesting because Sir William is very much about group identity. So like as a Christian, he has to defend the honor of Christians. Um, and we know that the Christianity. That, right. Yeah. Whereas whereas um, Isaac contrasts that and says like it might he actually says it might not be chivalrous but it's Christian to mm. to stand down and to uh, to refuse to respond violence with violence and and to me that was very striking because it was actually uh, contrasted with a lot of what I was taught growing up in the evangelical church. Um, even you know looking at the trends in Adventures in Odyssey, there's a lot of glorification of like there's one episode where they try to defend uh, the Vietnam War. Oh, and don't worry, we will listen to that <laughs> right. at some point and talk about it. Yeah. Um, so you know, there's all this, uh, all a lot of um, glorifying violence. Um, and yet here, uh, Isaac decides, you know, this isn't the time for violence. And he actually puts in a little bit there about kind of, uh, you know, a child's just war theory of he says, well, there might be a time where I need to protect someone. But that really stood out to me. And I don't think that there is other times that really stand out like that did uh, in my upbringing where I was really confronted with that idea that uh, Jesus calls us to love our enemies. Yeah, so I don't know. I mean, I I listened to the episode, and I honestly felt a little confused at the end. Like, are we supposed to long for the days of knighthood? And if so, that's kind of messed up, since if he was a knight in the 12th century, he was probably busy killing Muslims in the Holy Land. Yeah, (laughs) or burning heretics. I mean, that's the other sense of, like, you know, standing for the word of God. Right, and as someone with a lot of Muslim friends, it's super offensive. Um, But there's also that sense of this is the age we live in, and we are called to follow Jesus and not this cultural power of Christianity. I wish it was a little bit more explicit because... I think in the entire Adventures in Odyssey canon, that's maybe not going to be one of the largest themes we find. And honestly, you know, I think that we can trace kind of evangelical Christianity's love of power back to some of this idealization of knights in the 12th century and England and how things used to be and European history being the pinnacle of everything when we had reverence for the church and we don't see it instead as the church being co-opted for power um, that ended up doing so much damage to anybody who wasn't in that um, very narrow sphere of what they defined you know European cultural Christianity to be and I think we are seeing that play out today and maybe it's because people grew up in adventures in Odyssey I don't know we shouldn't put too much importance on that but there are these very real themes um, I think of longing for power Uh, Maybe even later than that, but at least a decade later, there are episodes where the Christians in Odyssey are trying to get political power um, to to make laws around. I'm not clear what it is. I feel like it's a vague reference to gay marriage without it being gay marriage. 
Um, but this episode really stands out against that trend um, of this kid who's willing to, uh, at his own risk, um, refuse to exert power and to instead love his enemy. So it's one of my favorites, and that's why I wanted to share it and start out with it. This has been an episode of the Prophetic Imagination Station. Check us out on SoundCloud or iTunes and stay tuned for weekly discussions.